There's a little bit of that Christmas hangover, I know, and Christmas Eve hangover. I get it. It's normal. And yet in the midst of all that, there's what we have been celebrating for four plus weeks now, the Sundays in Advent. I want to thank the worship team for the, the setting that they've afforded us. It truly is an amazing concept that they came up with as we have tried to depict for you and to talk about for you the miracle of incarnation, God becoming flesh and appearing among us. I like the, the, the veil, <clears throat> excuse me, I like the veil that we see behind us. It seems to almost connect heaven with earth, very symbolic of what happened when God came to earth. I like the, the canvas on the front because the canvas on front is symbolic of the earth. And, and again, you just get this feeling that it's all tied together. And intermingled in different kinds of ways with lights and candles, we see the light that represents the presence of Jesus with us. The Christ candle is burning on the Advent wreath where we've been counting and waiting for this day, and it has come. And so we come now today to hear one more word about this Christmas season. Maybe. I'm not sure. i got a frog in here, and I can't swallow him, and I can't get rid of him either. This gift that has been sent to us in Jesus is a gift that saves us. It saves us making hope and peace and joy and love real. It makes them realizable. It makes them something that we can pass on to those who are still fighting in the darkness. But as I was contemplating this morning and what I'd want to say in this short word for you, that image of, in John just is so very special to me. I love the Gospel of John. I particularly love the first chapter. Because it takes what is not understandable and makes it very clear. God came in the flesh from his place above. In that place where we someday shall live as well. I cannot imagine, but I like to think about it. I like to think about the angels and the heavenly hosts in the heavens whenever Jesus took on flesh. I like to imagine that the angelic hosts... And even the Father moved to the edge of that domain that we know so little about. And they just kind of sit and watched as Mary gave birth to Jesus. And then they continued to watch, I believe, through all those first formative 30 years of Jesus. As he matured in the flesh, both fully human and also fully God. And as his maturation continued, I can almost see them tense up. As his life comes to its climax and he begins to proclaim the ministry that God had given him to share. And then we come to the reality of Christmas today, looking from the other side of the resurrection. And we have to ask ourselves the question, what is the challenge of Christmas? What does it mean to us who are followers in Christ? And what potential meaning does it have for the world at large? I think first of all, that there's an automatic opposite effect when we think about Christ coming into the world as light. By opposite, I mean that when the light shines so brightly as it did in the life of Jesus, when the picture of humanity and what humans were created to be becomes clear with flesh attached, then we get the idea of what God hopes for all of us. And at the same time, we get that hope of what God expects for all of us and hopes for all of us, we also are very aware of how much we in the flesh are not yet 
as Jesus was in the flesh. There's a sense that when the light comes and shines brightly in human form, that we become more aware and are more able to see the darkness within each of us. If Christ comes to our side this morning and peers into us, as hopefully we allow Christ to do with our own wills regularly, what then will we see? And what, more importantly, will Christ see in us? What part of the darkness that is not of God is still there that we are battling? What are our individual human frailties as people of the Christ? How is it when the light comes near that we kind of shrink from the darkness? For we know we have not been all we could be. We have not done all we could have done. For you see, when the light comes and it shines in the darkness, the darkness cannot escape it. Now, when that happens, I believe we're able to see darkness in ourselves, but I also believe with the coming of the light, we're able to see the darkness in the world around us. And that's important because I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in the lives that we live, we get so involved in living life in its daily ways that in this country particularly, we're not always cognizant of the darkness around us. We're not always cognizant of the darkness in the Congo, in, a- in Africa. We're not always cognizant of the war that's going on in Syria. We see it on the TV, and it, and it becomes just a picture that we see, and we somehow manage to make our minds see that and go, oh, that's bad, but we don't really see it. We see it, but we don't really see it. We see it, but we don't really feel it. But the light came into the darkness so that we might not only see the darkness, but that we might feel the pain of lostness in the creation. That we might feel our own pain with the lostness that we still struggle with in our own lives. And when this light comes, it makes that so ever ready and apparent. It is only when we, the church, begin to see the darkness and to feel the pain in darkness that we are motivated to move. It's kind of like home. I can remember many times when our children were growing up, the children would come to me for something or other and they'd shine light in my darkness and I really didn't want to get out of my chair. You know? I mean, I just didn't want to do it. Whatever it was they were wanting, and the list would be long, right? Children are demanding little creatures, right? They just are. And that's okay. That's the way they're made to be. But so often when they would come, I would see them there, and when they'd first say, let's go do such and such, I'd say, oh, daddy's tired. Daddy just needs rest, or I'm watching this TV show, or not right now. How about later? You know, but sometimes in their own little lives, they did me a huge favor. They just began to pester me. Come on. Come on. I want to go da 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 and you need to come with me. And I'm thinking, no, no, I don't. But as they continue to go on and you look at their little faces, the time comes when you realize you've lost because you feel their pain. You feel their urgency. You feel their need. And then suddenly you get out of your chair and you go to do what you should have done the first time. You see, feeling, feeling is as important as seeing. Because sometimes people see, but they do not feel. It's like someone's pain in a faraway place is not real because I'm not there. 
One of the things that mission trips accomplish for us is to remind us that those pictures we see on TV are about real people, about real children, just like us. Now, once we see and once we feel, then we have the opportunity in the darkness that the light has revealed to enter the darkness, to enter the darkness so that we might, like Jesus, be a saving presence in that place. We might seek to save, even as Jesus sought to save each of us. Because you see, if we don't see and if we don't feel, we're never going to enter the darkness because we're, quite frankly, overcome sometimes by our own comfort, overcome sometimes by our own complacency, overcome sometimes by our own fear of others who are not like us, overcome sometimes because the darkness seems so powerful. And in that moment when the darkness is so powerful, it seems so much easier to let ourselves believe that we just need to stay seated because we don't have enough light to overcome that darkness. But you know that's a lie. The amazing thing about light and darkness is if we could make this room pitch black and then light one candle in its midst and allow our eyes to adjust as time went on, even that one candle would overcome much of the darkness around us. And that is true in life as well. No, we're not going to solve all the problems, and yes, the problems will always be with us, but we are able as a body of Christ, a reflection of the light of Christ, to enter into the darkness and to know, to know that the darkness cannot withstand it. But now there's something else about light. This is kind of the negative side that the church always talks about that I've been mentioning, that the light of Christ helps us see the darkness. But you know what the light of Christ also helps us see? The light of Christ and the way he lives allows us to see God at work in the world among us. The light of Christ allows us to celebrate what love looks like. The light of Christ makes us believe that there is hope in every situation. Every situation. Every situation. How many times have I heard the commercial about, uh, okay, I'm going to forget now that I just popped in my head. Oh, it's the I can, you know, where they come and get your cars and you just donate it for a charitable donation and then they turn around and they sell the car and they help give another child a second chance. They help give another child a second chance. I can, I think is the name of it. What is it? Can of, there it is right there. I can't see. Somebody else has heard the commercial. The can of cannabis for another chance for every child. Now, when we begin to move out into our neighborhood in the coming year in 2017, we're not going to solve every problem in January of 2017. Not all the problems that exist in Carrollton. But what we are going to do is we're going to be able to go out there so that people can see the good in us, so that they can see the light of Christ shining through us. Because that's what encourages us in our own community, right? And that's the kind of light we have to take out into the world. Now, it's easy to talk about it in here. It's much harder to go out and to show the good that Christ means in our lives. We don't need to go out and point to someone and say, man, I can see you. You're full of darkness. That's not going to help anybody, is it? What we need to go out and do amongst the darkness in our world is we need to go out and say, how are you? How can I help you with your darkness? Now, there'll be other words to describe the darkness that will be explicit 
and we need to use those. But not in any kind of way, in judgmental ways, but rather in the way that says, I care. Just like God cared for me, I care about you. We'll have to convince them. But didn't Jesus have to convince you? Doesn't Jesus occasionally have to convince you still? Get you to move from your complacent spot in normal life and to move out into the darkness so that others might see the light. I see God's work so much in so many of you. In the past year, it would be easy for me to think a lot about the darkness that we faced as a church, the struggles that we've had. But that's really not the strongest thing that has happened to me in the past year working with the church. The strongest thing that has happened for me has been the realization of how faithful you are as a congregation, how much giving your leaders are willing to give in order to make things right, to move the church forward. I see the goodness in you. I go and I see West, Wesley in the hospital, and before he leaves, probably that whole floor will be converted to Christ because he'll love them right in. He just won't take no for an answer. He will be there in the place where he is, and he'll be the light of Christ shining to them. They think they're bringing him healing. The joke's on them. He'll be bringing healing to them because that's the kind of man he is. I've seen teenagers who've been struggling in the past year and a family who would not let that child go. They held on to that youth. They prayed for her. They guided her. They didn't quit whenever she rebelled. They stayed with her until on the other end, she's become a whole new person. Light has come into her life, and I see that family strength. I see offerings that should be running way behind, and yet as the year comes to a close, we've actually done very well financially. Nobody knows how except to say it's Jesus. We don't know how. We don't know uh, who. We just know that God moved in a way that has been powerful in our financial situation because God intends to continue to shed his light among us. So we don't need to think of light only showing the darkness. We need to think about light also showing hope, peace, joy, and love. And we need to reflect that in the most wholesome way we can figure with our neighborhoods, within our families, within the world at large. We need to be a force for Christ. We need to be the word in flesh now appearing. We need to let the best of ourselves be turned loose, not fearful of what we may encounter, but confident that Emmanuel, God with us, will take us each step of the way. My brothers and my sisters, thank you this morning for getting out of the comforts of your home and coming to the house of God to worship on this most holy days. It is my prayer for you that God will bless you for this effort today and that God will bless your efforts as you are light among the darkness and as you are the light that lifts up the light who is the Christ in daily and positive ways throughout our world. Let us pray. Jesus, Lord, praise your name. We love you, Lord, and we, we give you thanks for all that you are. When you walked among us, you encouraged us and continue to encourage us through the gift of memory. When we think about all you were able to do as one person, we realize, Lord, that there is much that we can do as well. For you have made us in your own very image. 
And now we too are a part of the light. Yes, there's darkness that we still struggle with in our own ways, but there's also the capability and the opportunity to let the light that is the life that is within us shine brightly into the darkness surrounding other people's lives so that they too might know and cling to the light as we do. Father, if there's one here this morning who has never accepted Christ as their Savior or one family here, Lord, who's looking for a place to call their church home, we pray, Lord, that they will be moved by your Spirit and that they might even today make that decision to join us as we continue to serve you in the days to come. We ask all these things in the blessed name of our Savior, Jesus, who is our Christ. Amen.